Jeez. Listening to CITR Radio, FM 102, Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. And it's time right now for the Nardwar, the Human Serviette Radio Show. You just heard right there from Sweden, 1979, the Moderns with Oh Yes. Today on the Nardwar to Human Serviette Radio Show, interviews with, from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, Wiz Khalifa. And from Denver, Colorado, the Lumineers, the Lumineers and Wiz Khalifa. Today on the Nardwar, the Human Serviette Radio Show. First off, to get you ready for Wiz Khalifa, thought I would play you some Wiz Khalifa themed music. Gonna begin by playing something called Jesus Marijuana by a band from Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, Orville Dorp. Then, going to move into something from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, Wiz Khalifa's city of choice, his legendary city of choice, his favorite place in the entire world, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, going to play the rapper by the band The Jaggers. So, here is Orville Dorp from Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, with Jesus Marijuana, then the Jaggers with the rapper, and in an interview with Wiz Khalifa, and in a bit later, an interview with the Lumineers, all on the Nardwar, the Human Serviette Radio Show!
Dreamed I had a talk with Jesus late 
are you? Wiz Khalifa. Wiz Khalifa, welcome to Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. Thank you for having me. That is a banging vest, brother. Only the best for you on the American election. I love it, man. Wiz, I've been waiting a long time for you to come back to Vancouver. Last time I here was at Fortune Sound Club. How long ago was that? When was that? It was two years ago in November. Yeah. And oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, it's November now, so two years, yeah. With Yellow Wolf. Yes, I remember. Yellow's my boy. Shout out to Yellow. And here you are back in Vancouver, so I thought I'd like to give you a gift right off the bat. Something I didn't give you last time right here. A Cheech and Chong record with the... Rolling paper. Still intact. <laughs> Yo, you could put a lot of bud in here, bro. Look, look at them. They look so happy in there. Now, have you got this one before with the rolling paper before? Have fans brought this to you? No, I haven't. Because I've been waiting two years to give this to you. Seeing it, I've been really jealous, and I haven't got mine yet. So now that I got it, I'm in the game. With Wiz? Khalifa. Khalifa. Now, Wiz, is it true that your mom's friend turned you on to Snoop when you were six years old? Yes. Shout out to her ratchet ass. What happened there? Your mom's friend? Yeah, she used to drive a... Um, what did she used to drive? I think it was a uh, Jimmy. You know those Jimmy, GMC Jimmies? She used to drive one of those. She had 12s in the trunk, and she used to listen to the doggy style. And her son, his name was Lil Ray, and he had a box with a, uh, with a rat tail in the back. He was bad as shit. And that was my homie. What's the important Wiz Khalifa of the Homewood Library? Oh, man, Homewood Library. <laughs> Yo, me and my uncle Muhammad, we used to go there and download, like, lyrics from, from music. I, I remember downloading all about the Benjamins and, like, putting it in my little Trapper Keeper and having, having the lyrics to that. So that was a good one. You printed them out? Yeah, for sure. Took them home in Pittsburgh? Oh, yeah, for sure. I think it's still there. Is the library still there, Mo? Yeah, 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 it's still there. Who'd you got in the room? Um, you can I, introduce some. Yeah, I got, I got. That's my boy Boo Will. That's my my uncle Mo with the mullet. That's my artist and the champion of the world, Lola. That's Burner. That's my guy uh, from Raw. That's Tukey. That's my cousin Nate. That's Crazy Mike. And who's that? That's Mark Piegler. And you're Narwar in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, with Wiz Khalifa. Wiz, in Alderdice High School, was there the Wiz musical happening? Could have you acted in the Wiz musical? I could have definitely been in the Wiz musical for sure if they wanted me. But you didn't even try like it was actually shown there wasn't it you guys actually did it <laughs> they did but i didn't i didn't sign up for it i wasn't the whiz back then i was just whiz i want to go way back for some pittsburgh history here what can you tell me about mailman oh mailman yo mailman is the homie yo um he was like in a part of the wave when dr drake came through in like the early 90s and was like signing people from pittsburgh so he had a lot to do with the with the chronic and uh like all of the early 90s west coast music him uh sam sneed butter like all of those dudes and they're still around now they're putting pittsburgh on the map yeah for sure man shout out to them dudes whoop, whoop. but it also goes way back to the 60s there was the jaggers do you know the jaggers at all i don't know the jaggers they look super cool though actually you sampled them on rolling up oh for real yeah memoirs of a traveler Dang, we went to different schools together. And you have a great song called The Rapper. Girl Talk has sampled that as well. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Girl Talk's from the Berg, too. Shout out to Girl Talk. Really, really cool dude. Are these, uh, is this them? Yes, that's them. Holy. The Jaggers. And there's the song, Rolling Papers, right there, Memoirs of the Traveler. There it is. I just got a record player for my birthday that, like, converts from record to MP3 right into the computer, so I'm going to check this out. And another one I'd like to give you, another gift right here, was the Pittsburgh sound that relates to... Oh, man. This is it right here. Uh, Dynamic Superior. This is it, yo. Yeah. if we turn it over right there, we have the song Happy. <laughs> Look at these dudes, yo. They look so happy. He has on a lot of makeup. 
for sure. The eyeliner and everything. But yeah, Pittsburgh sound, all that stuff, man. No, they're not from Pittsburgh, but still, they're part of... That's where it comes from. Like the, We sampled some records from them, and um, E. Dan knows a lot about this right here. And Wiz Khalifa, I think to go back again and ask you some more stuff here. Jay Sands, the lone catalyst. Yo, Jay Sands. Wow, this dude is really from the Berg right here. Did you get this from Pittsburgh? Uh, no, I actually got it from Beat Street Records in Vancouver. <laughs> Made it to Vancouver. That's tight. That's what's up, man. Well, shout out to Jay Sands. Yo, I remember hearing this name all the time and being like, yo, I got to get my buzz up like Jay Sands. So, yeah, that's tight. Wiz Khalifa, in Indiana, is it true that Salt and Pepper backed you up? Oh, yeah, they opened for me. That was pretty crazy because um, I grew up, my mom used to look like she was in Salt and Pepper. So for the fact that they were, ended up opening for me, it was like mad old heads at that show too, so it was tight. And in that night, you also met who Houdini, didn't you? Oh, I did meet Houdini. Yo, shout out to these dudes. They look different than they do right here. But yeah, yo, my dad loved Houdini because he was the type of dude who would just uh, like take a shower, put on Freaks Come Out at night, and uh, put on some cologne and get dressed. So that was, he was that type of dude, man. Wiz Khalifa, are you into memorabilia, collecting things like posters and stuff? You played the smoke out with Cypress Hill. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And corn. Are you into, like, collecting stuff, like posters from events? Absolutely. Because I was wondering, maybe you don't have a lot of stuff, and I have a little gift here, right here for you, Wiz Khalifa. A special little thing here from Cypress Hill to you. It's from them to me? Well, from Nardwar to you. Oh, this is hard, bruh. Thank what do you have here? This is a freaking, this is the, this is the, this is the jam right here. This is what you need if you, if you smoke pot. And if you you and if you perform that smoke out, I wish it was signed by Cypress Hill though, because I actually got to meet Be Real and smoke with him. It was awesome. So we, can we get this signed? Oh, it's all yours. Do whatever you want with it. It's from 1996 to old school in Columbus, Ohio. So Not this, brand new. So this is the real thing from '96. The real thing from '96. So you can take yourself back. Are you kidding me? Okay, it is. Damn. Thank you, yo. Well, to welcome you back to Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. Ah, this is a big deal, yo. We got to make sure we don't break this. All right, Will? Yes. And Wiz Khalifa, I was wondering, drug paraphernalia, drug records, what can you tell me about Devin the Dude and the Doobie Ashtray? Yo, this is like a classic marijuana smoking, rolling, or this is a good weed song. But Devin the Dude, he's very, very, very musical, very underrated. And he's just like one of the best to ever do it as far as like the genre that um, I consider myself to be carrying on the torch for. So shout out to Devin the Dude as well. I never really got to like publicly say that, but like, yeah, man, Devin is really the dude. Wiz Khalifa as well, Frida Payne, I Get High. Oh, I love this song. I get high, I get high. This is what Styles P sampled. And Frida, she looks really like timeless in this picture, you know what I'm saying? You can't really tell how old she is. Her hair is pretty natural, you know, got the nose ring popping. It's a really good soft touch for uh, for a song for many to enjoy. Wiz Khalifa, what's really interesting about Frida Payne is the woman that wrote the song I Get High, Marilyn McLeod, uh-huh. Flying Lotus, that is his grandmother. I could believe that because judging by Flying Lotus's music, his grandmother probably does get high. So I thought, hmm, you gotta get some Flying Lotus. So here's Damn. the new Flying Lotus for you. Do you have this one at all? No, I don't, but I'm definitely going to get really stoned to this because if you guys don't know, this is the jam. And isn't it cool that like his grandmother wrote, I get high? Flying Lotus's grandmother. 
it all makes sense. I mean, you know, it is a circle that we live in. And, and his uncle is John Coltrane as well. Oh, for real? Yes. Lucky bastard. Continue on with the drug paraphernalia with Wiz. Khalifa. Another record I'd like to give you here because you're in Vancouver. Have a... Marijuana. Have a marijuana. I thought you'd enjoy that one. It's by David Peel on the Lower East Side. Yeah, so what do they do on here? Just some amazing tracks on here. One of the first bands ever to say fuck on a record from the 60s. Uh-huh. Check out all the songs. Marijuana, motherfucker, I like marijuana. Oh, yes. All right, so I'll definitely be checking this out for sure. Have a marijuana. Are you into checking out marijuana-related records? Yeah, for sure. I mean, especially from the 60s, because you never know what you're going to get. You know what I'm saying? Nowadays, you pretty much know what you're going to get from a marijuana-related record. From the 60s? Who knows? And Wiz, here you are still in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. Another marijuana-related record here. What we what we have here is Jesus Marijuana. Jesus Marijuana. Jesus Marijuana, a 45 from a local Vancouver band from the 60s called Orville Dorp. Okay, cool. Something maybe to sample. Jesus Marijuana. Does Jesus mix with marijuana always? I mean, some people it do, some people it don't. I'm not here to tell you what's right or what's wrong. I mix with marijuana, though. And I'm going to check out this record from Orville Dorp. Dorp. Hot Drop. Dorp. Dorp. Orville Dorp. <laughs> Wiz, do you remember playing a frat house at Penn State? Yeah, I do. From Called DU. And after you played it, what happened? Um, we played there a couple times, so it depends on what situation. The frat house got shut down. Oh, yeah, yeah. The whole frat got completely canceled. And if you were caught representing that frat for that school, your ass would be kicked and canceled as well. Quote, the Wiz concert was the straw that broke the camel's back. Yep. So if you want your frat shut down, holla at me. Wiz, what can you tell me about Second and Spring Avenue? Oh, man. I don't know. You might want to take a little trip down there. In Pittsburgh? Yeah, you want to come? Oh, well, what I see there? <laughs> you want to come? What would I see? Delay? Delay? Delilah! Yeah, there you go. What is Delilah's with Khalifa? What would I see at Seven in Spring? I don't know, man. I don't know if we want to talk about everything that goes down on Second Half, man. <laughs> Wes Khalifa, winding up here in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, are you familiar with the man known as Tom Hanks? Yeah, I am. What about Tom Hanks' son? I'm familiar with him, too. And what did Tom Hanks' son do? Remix Black and Yellow. Called White and Yellow for Northwestern. Yeah, 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 yeah. How, how, that was like a year and a half ago, right? Yeah, what did you think about that? It was tight, and it's still cool that he's popping off of that right now, too. I'm pretty, like... Happy that, you know, Tom Hanks' son and Wiz Khalifa go hand in hand together. And Wiz, here we are in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, but Canada, Jay Staffs. Oh, yeah. Did you first meet him in St. Catharines, Ontario? Yep, in a basement. I was sleeping on the floor. Um, now, how did you get there to St. Catharines, to a basement? I was, I was supposed to do a show, and um, this promoter, he, like, completely boofed me on the show. But I was like, hey, I'm out here. You know, you guys got weed, so I might as well just hang out, just kick it. They had a studio in the basement, and that always makes it better for me because I like to work. So um, I kicked it. Jay Stabs came through, brought some beats, ended up recording. Bada bing, bada boom. It's all on Ustream, too, so people like seeing that go down. Wiz Khalifa, what about your $10,000 sunglasses? What can you tell the people about your $10,000 sunglasses? I teak. Oh, which pair? The one pair. Isn't there like one pair, a signature 10,000 pair? Um, no, there isn't. I thought there was one. There was some rumor that there was one pair in like a vault. No, 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 no. Um, 
I have I have made like a run of sunglasses that we tried to do, and uh, we're gonna go back and redo that. But I thought you were talking about like some glasses that I spent ten G's on or something like that. Oh, what glasses did you spend ten G's on? That's what I was saying. Which ones, man? I kind of do stupid shit all the time like that. What about Amber Rose? Did she tell you anything about the Young Jeezy or Luda video shoots? Oh yeah, she told me that Young Jeezy was really nice and Ludacris was super cool. And that's when Chris Brown was like really young, so he just came in there and danced like Michael Jackson. All the girls went crazy. So with <laughs> with Khalifa, we're gonna head back to Delilah's. But what about Primanti Brothers? Oh man, you don't know nothing about Primanti Brothers. You ever had a sandwich from there? Never been to Pittsburgh? No, never been to the Berg. Yeah, it's got a, it's it's a sandwich. It's got corned beef and um, uh, um, uh, French fries and coleslaw. I don't need coleslaw though. Wiz Khalifa, anything else you want to add to the people out there at all? Narwar is a cool-ass fucking dude, and Vancouver always shows me love. I love your weed laws out here. Um, I don't know if you smoke weed or not, but if you don't, you should probably try it or just wh- whatever. Weed is cool in Vancouver. Vancouver's awesome. They love Taylor Gang. I love you guys, too. Well, thanks so much, Wiz oh, oh, and thank you for the, the gifts, because I would be a rude piece of shit. Like, thank you for that stuff, yo. Well, I'm so glad you like it. I'll try to get it signed for you. Okay. So that means I'll take it back and you won't get it. No. I'm keeping that. <laughs> That's for you indeed. <laughs> well, thanks so much, Wiz Khalifa. Keep on rocking in the free world and do 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 loo do 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 We have the Republican Party. The Democratic Party. And a new one for 1968, the Pod Party! Make me president of the United States! And I promise you, I will be ahead! Make me president of the United States, my fellow Americans! And I promise you, I shall make the clap! A childhood disease. Make me president of the United States. And I promise you I'll pine every chicken. Make me president. And I won't even tell him I'm Jewish. Make me president of the United States. I promise you more foreign aid without taxes to Mexico. We will buy more marijuana from them. Yeah. I like marijuana. You like marijuana. We like marijuana too. Away, got to leave home for my 
And you're still listening to the Nardwar, the human serviette radio show. You just heard right there, David Peel and the Lower East Side with I Like Marijuana. And we have a caller on the line. Hello, caller. Are you there? I am. Who are you? This is Jeremiah Freights. From? I'm in a band called the Lumineers. From the Lumineers. Welcome to the Nardwarty Human Serviette Radio Show. Thank you for having me. And Jeremiah, who else is in the Lumineers? Well, we have Mila on cello, Wesley sings and plays guitar, Stealth on piano, and Ben on bass. And you guys are from Colorado. That's correct. Yeah, Denver. And since I just played David Peel and the Lower East Side, I Like Marijuana, what do you think what's going on there in Colorado right now? Like, for instance, Colorado, uh, marijuana. Well, I've heard rumors that you can, uh, that marijuana is now legal. Um, I'm not sure which, to which capacity that means, but uh, apparently you can get medical cards and licenses and uh, smoke the stuff for free, or legally, I guess. The quote was, don't break the Cheetos or goldfish too quickly. Don't break out the Cheetos or goldfish too quickly. That was Governor John Hickenlooper saying that. (laughs) Wow. That was after Amendment 64 passed, making weed legal. This thought I'd mention that to you because you are Colorado, although I guess New Jersey as well. But you say you're proudly Colorado, right? Like the Lumineers rep Colorado, right? Yeah, I'd say so. I think I, I might be more proud of New Jersey just because New Jersey has such a bad rap that i got to uh, stay strong. Me and the singer West are uh, Jersey boys, but we give a lot of love to Colorado, and that's where uh, this band really formed with the addition of uh, Neela when we met her on a Craigslist after moving here. Now, Jeremiah of the Lumineers, do you know a band from Colorado called Wheelchair Sports Camp at all? I do not. Because Kaylin from Wheelchair Sports Camp, she said in Colorado that Colorado has more dispensaries for pot than Starbucks. And it's the mecca for weed right now. Is that true? Like even before this passed Amendment 64? Well, it's believable. I mean, since moving here three years ago, there's definitely an onset of dispensaries all over. And they have really kind of cheesy names, you know, like Daddy's Fat Sacks or kind of puns or play on words of weed, paraphernalia, miscellaneous vocabularies, whatever. So they do seem to be all over, and uh, it's kind of crazy to watch when there's a football game. On one side, you'll have police officers directing traffic and helping people cross the street, and on the other side, you'll see $50 ace, marijuana, all that stuff. So that was kind of a culture shock for me growing up, coming from New Jersey, where marijuana is definitely not legal. (laughs) And you are Jeremiah from The Lumineers, and The Lumineers are playing in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, this Monday, this Monday at The Vogue, this Monday at The Vogue, returning to Vancouver. Yes, finally. We haven't been back in a long time, so we're excited. So, Jeremiah of The Lumineers, thank you, John Richards. Thank you, John Richards. That's right. How did John Richards help The Lumineers, and who is John Richards for people that don't know? John Richards is an amazing uh, radio DJ of, uh, what is it, uh, I'm blanking now, KEXP of Seattle. And uh, he started playing our song, Ho Hey, I think, before any other DJ started to rotate it. And apparently he was playing it back-to-back 
you know, one night after the other, and callers would call in and say, hey, what is that song? Or I've never heard of a radio DJ doing that before, but he felt compelled to do that with Oh Hey, so our infinite gratitude to uh, John Richards of KEXP Seattle. And that was out of Seattle, Washington, KEXP, but also out of Seattle. Thank you, Taco Cat. Thank you, Taco Cat. Who is it? Taco Cat, the band Taco Cat. You're connected. Yes, you're connected to the band Taco Cat because your manager dates Bree from Taco Cat. Uh, a Seattle band, uh, a great Seattle band, Taco Cat. That's you've what done I, your homework. Well, that's what I was curious about. Regarding Taco Cat, regarding Seattle, Jeremiah of the Lumineers, was that your best town to play in right off the bat because John Richards was playing you so much? Was that one of the best reactions you had in Seattle for playing? Yeah, by far. I mean, Seattle knew who the Lumineers were before anyone did, even Denver. I mean, uh, it seemed to, the fire seemed to start, so to speak, in Seattle where he started playing that song, and uh, Seattle started to feel like a second home to us whenever we come and play. So, How about your management, the Blue Scholars? Who are the Blue Scholars? You have some other bands on onto management. Who are the Blue Scholars? They're great rappers. Can you describe a little bit about your management? Management is, uh, they're great. Um we haven't known them that long, maybe a year and a half or so, but uh, it's a good relationship. You're on Dual Tone Records. Now, I noticed Dual Tone had June Carter Cash. Did they tell you anything about June Carter Cash at all? No, they have not, not divulged any uh, secrets or information regarding Cash. Have you learned any record secrets with Dual Tone at all, Jeremiah, from the Lumineers? No, not yet, but uh, I am anxiously awaiting some dual tone secrets. So you Lumineers are coming to Vancouver this Monday, playing the Vogue Theater. We're speaking to Jeremiah of the Lumineers on the Nardwar, the Human Serviette Radio Show. If you have any questions for Jeremiah, it's 604-822-2487. That's 604-UBC-CITR. Or you can also tweet at Nardwar, N-A-R-D-W-U-A-R, at Nardwar, if you have any questions for Jeremiah from the Lumineers who are coming to Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, this Monday at the Vogue Theatre. You're on Dual Tone Records. You are also courted by Michael Jordan's new indie record label, Jumpman Records? (laughs) Well, we were. I heard a rumor about that. Michael Jordan's label, Jumpman Records. Is that, what, is that the name of the label? Yeah. Did that or ring maybe, any? Does that ring any bells? No, no, not for me. Maybe, maybe I wasn't privy to that conversation. I would have named it Twenty Three Records for his number, but that's just me. People can hear you right now, live on the Nardwar to Human Serviette radio show, but people may have also seen you on TV. What was it like doing David Letterman? When you played there, Letterman had all his sons and interns there. What was that all about? They got all dressed up? Yeah, they were uh, there to watch us play. But they were specially dressed up? Are they always dressed the same? Do you know if they got specially dressed up for you? Oh, they might have gotten specially dressed up for Neela, but not for us dirty guys. I don't think so. But you got dressed up, Jeremiah, for David Letterman, didn't you? You wore a bow tie. I did. It was a clip-on, but it was, uh, I, felt, I felt compelled to uh, try to do something beyond um, the normal suspenders. 
When I was listening and watching the show with you on David Letterman, we're speaking here to Jeremiah of the Lumineers, I noticed a rug underneath you. Do you travel with that rug or was that a special Letterman rug? Like it was a nice rug that was underneath you. Oh, that was a special Letterman rug. That was a... I was probably flown in from Beijing or somewhere just for that performance. <laughs> it was a beautiful rug. Also made me think, what did the sound guys think of you? Because could you describe the setup of the Lumineers on Letterman? Like if we're looking at Letterman right now, what was the setup? What was everybody playing? It's pretty simple. We've just got a kick drum and tambourine. We've got an acoustic guitar, electric bass, a mandolin. And uh, I think that was it for How Hey. What did the sound guys think of you just using the kick drum there? Had they seen that before? Oh, I'm sure they've seen that before. If they've ever seen uh, the Avid Brothers or Mumford or Sons, Mumford and Sons, or uh, I don't know who else has been doing that. But uh, hey, I think the sound guys are happy though when they see that because it's only one drum as opposed to six drums. So I think I make their job easy. That's for those I- shows at least. That's what I was thinking because I thought it sounded awesome. Then you went off to Craig Ferguson, or I don't know if that was before or after, but when you were on Craig Ferguson, he complained that you didn't give him vinyl. Whose fault was that? <laughs> we actually did that in, uh, I think, January of this year before the album was even officially out, so I don't even know if there actually was a vinyl, if it was mastered yet, so it was, uh, it was all big setup. Because he looked inside the LP jacket and there was no vinyl there at all. Were you thinking that he might not look inside the LP jacket, or was that not your responsibility at all, Jeremiah? Who's in charge of making sure vinyl's inside the jackets? Well, I don't know who's in charge, but I'm going to get to the bottom of it. Someone's going to lose their job tonight. I didn't see you on Jay Leno, but I think you played the Jay Leno show, too. Did you guys play the Jay Leno show, or did you just watch the Jay Leno show? (laughs) Well, we played there uh, one time, yeah. What was that like? What happened there? Because I couldn't see any clips online. It was uh, it was good. I mean, I don't know. We, we've been playing the same song, you know, Ho Hey, on all these shows. And, um, yeah, it was nerve-wracking. I think that, for me, personally, it was neat because I used to watch Jay Leno growing up with my brother and my father. And, uh, you know, I was a little bit miffed about the whole, all the nonsense that went down with Conan O'Brien and Leno, but... You know, it was, uh, it was fun to play on that show, for sure. Jeremiah of the Lumineers, coming to Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, this Monday night to the Vogue Theatre. You've done pretty much all the shows. What's left for you guys to do? It's pretty incredible. You've just banged them right off, one after the other. <laughs> maybe, uh, maybe a Sesame Street gig would be good for us. Do you have any ins at Sesame Street? Do you know anybody that's played Sesame Street? Do you know Feist? She's played Sesame Street. You got any ins? No, I have I have most of her albums though. So does that count? That should actually help when you like could mail like tweet pics of them to the Sesame Street Tweeter, and it'll help get you on there. And you are Jeremiah of the Lumineers. Jeremiah, your bandmate Wes. You guys had a band together. Was the first band name Free Beer? Yes. Wow. What era was that? And could you describe the band at that point, the Lumineers? Um, that was probably in 2006 or seven, and it was Wes had just gotten back from college, and I was in uh, my hometown um, making kind of rap and hip hop beats with my buddy Justin, and uh, we'd been doing that for about a year, and then Wes came back and wanted to play music with Justin, and Justin said not without Jer. So the first gig, uh, one of our friends recommended having the title "Free Beer." 
then on all the posters, it would say, you know, free beer this Friday at so-and-so bar in New York City. So, you know, a lot of angry, thirsty patrons did show up, but we weren't very good and probably disappointed a lot of people. Did you ever have to buy anybody a free beer because of that? No, it never happened. And we didn't have the name too long for that reason. What was your hometown like? Wes is from Ramsey, New Jersey. Are you from Ramsey, New Jersey, too? I am, yes. What's Ramsey, New Jersey like? I noticed that the Royal Teens are from there, the legendary Royal Teens, famous for the song, We Wear Short Shorts, He Wear Short Shorts. Like, that's your musical legacy, the Royal Teens. Who else is from Ramsey, New Jersey? Oh, man, I don't know who else is from Ramsey, New Jersey. Um, let's see. I don't know. Nothing, no one else noteworthy, notable. <laughs> Were you ever into ska at all when you were growing up in Ramsey, New Jersey? Were you into ska at all? You said you were into going to rap. Were you into ska? I was into ska, yeah. I wasn't actually, I don't really consider myself to be into rap. I just like trying to make the beats. That was more my nerdy side than my cool rap side coming out. But I definitely did like ska growing up. I uh, really liked Weston Jake and MXPX and uh, a bunch of other bands. And I think one of my first shows was actually down at Asbury Park at the Warp Tour. Who'd you remember seeing? Lesson Jake, I saw. Um, Newfound Glory was there, probably. Uh, can't remember. Who else? Have you crossed paths with any of those bands now that you're in the Lumineers, traveling all over? No, unfortunately not. I would love to meet one of those guys, though, because they were childhood, childhood heroes of mine, so that'd be neat. Jeremiah of the Lumineers, what was the party like that you played at 32S Clarkson in Denver? Um, I don't remember which, I wonder if that was, I don't know, we played a lot of house shows in Denver, so they were all pretty good. What makes a good house show? Because a lot of times at a house show, people are jammed in their room, so it's going to be good because people are really jammed in there. But what really puts a house show over the top? Okay, I think, I think the ingredients for a really good house show are this, is when you are touring and you don't have a gig it's set up, say, in Chicago or Milwaukee or Seattle, it doesn't matter where, and a friend of a friend of a friend has a house or some sort of place to have a house show, and they're a little bit worried about having people over and they don't, you know, there's only instruments, but there's no amps or microphones of any kind, and they're a little bit weary or hesitant that it's going to be good. And then you do the show, and everyone stands up, and while you're playing, people start to get into it. And uh, to me, that was always a great house show, was when people thought, wow, this is not going to work, this is not going to be cool. And then at the end, hopefully, um, barring any police visits or anything like that, it would be a good night. And Jeremiah, for a great house show in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, check out the Vogue Theater this Monday night. You're bringing the house to the Vogue, right? That's right. Do you guys travel with any backdrops? What's going to make it a bit different from the house show to the Vogue show? Is it the same thing? Because it seems to me when you do a show, it doesn't matter if it's a house or it's a club. Like you go right into the audience. Like at South by Southwest at that paste party, you just like went right into the audience. Do you still do that going like right into the crowd and then take the crowd onto the street? Yeah, we do like to try to do that as much as we can. I think that it's important to uh, eliminate some of the barriers that are between the artist and the audience. And um, I, think, I think that's a good way to do it. I think whether it's 100 people or you know, a couple thousand people, if you can still do that, then uh, I think that's a, that leaves people with something after the show. 
Have you brought the crowd out of the venue into the street at all, Jeremiah of the Lumineers? Have you done that at all, like brought the whole crowd into the street? Uh, we did that sort of, we were in a, a bar playing one time in, um, where was that, in San Francisco, and we somehow convinced about 150 people to join us for a walkabout through the streets of San Francisco, and uh, everybody just left their beers and their tabs were open and whatever, and we just convinced them to come out and, so that was, I think, the only time that's happened, but that was a pretty memorable experience. Now, that's incredible, but the hard part for that is to get people back in the club. Was it hard to get people back in the club? Because once you drag, like, 100 people out of the club, how do you get them back in? What's the tips for getting them back in? How did you get people back into the crowd, into the club? <laughs> back into the club? Yeah, I don't know. That was the hard part. I think that we just tried to go back into the club to pack up our instruments, and people uh, hopefully remembered that they had to pay for their beers and whatnot. <laughs> Jeremiah of the Lumineers, I noticed that you guys note smells of different towns. Do you really note smells of different towns? No, I don't. Because I noticed you had written that Reno smells like barbecue and Portland smells like toast and Olander. (laughs) Yeah, I don't don't remember uh, saying that, but it's definitely possible. Because I was wondering, what does Bellingham smell like to you? Because you've played Bellingham a few times, haven't you? You've played Bellingham, Washington? Yes, yeah. Bellingham smells like uh, like wine to me. Interesting, because to me, Bellingham smells like toilet paper. Because there's, mm. there's a giant toilet paper factory there, and that's the smell of Bellingham. Toilet paper. How was your Bellingham gig? It was good. Um, I remember we played... At a- sort of student-run uh, event type thing, and afterwards um, we all got yelled at by the people working there to basically get the hell out and that it was time to go. So it, was a good, it was a good show, but a poor ending, but it was still fun. But isn't that the best show when you're yelled at to get out of there because it means you're having such a good time? I don't, yeah, I think that's a good sign. I think when things run smoothly, you never remember those nights, so it's important to have a hiccup every now and then. One thing I saw on your Instagram, I think it was your Instagram, was some German stick figures that have genitals. Could you describe that, please, Jeremiah, of the Lumineers? Well, it was a very uh, fascinating image to have, you know, I think it was this image or two images of, you know, in the men's restroom to not pee in a certain area of the restroom. or I don't even remember what it was, but there was definitely some uh, phallic uh you know, basically there was a penis drawn on the, uh, the the picture, and it didn't seem necessary to have the penis on there because it was pretty safe to assume that you were already in the men's room that you would assume that. But that was worth taking a photo of. They really wanted to make sure that nothing yeah. happened. And for England, you saw some Banksy? Did you guys see some original Banksy in London? Yes, I actually did see uh, in Brighton, which is 45 minutes uh, outside of London. And, uh, yeah, I saw the one in um, where these two police officers are kissing each other. And um, I've heard Brighton is known as being uh, accepting of homosexuals. And I'm not sure what Banksy's perspective was when he tried to make that. But it's, uh, it's encased in what looks to be a bulletproof glass um, casing on the side of a brick building. And uh, I couldn't believe it was a real Banksy. I was astonished by it. That's what I was wondering about. I didn't realize it was encased in bulletproof glass. I was thinking maybe you could disassemble it and then sell it off. That would be sweet. 
Have you guys played for any politicians at all? No, I don't think so. How about Lumineers and Microsoft? Have you met anybody at Microsoft? Because you've done a bit of binging. Did you get a chance to meet any Microsoft execs at all? No. We, uh, we've never been anywhere near Bill Gates, and I, that's the only guy I know. But uh, no, unfortunately, no. How about Robert Plant? What did he say to you? You met Robert Plant, didn't you? I did. Yeah, he said, um, you know, Wes, Wes kind of forced me to go up to him, and we both went up to him, and we, I don't know what we said, probably something along the lines of, we're really big fans, and we can't believe we're meeting you. And uh, he said something to the effect of, that was a smashing show. You really got the crowd going. You guys got great melodies and lyrics. And then I think I said, you weren't so bad at doing that yourself. And he kind of chuckled and it wasn't a very interesting conversation, but it was pretty surreal for me. That is very flattering. Where did that happen? That was in uh, San Francisco at the Strictly Bluegrass uh, Music Festival, or Hardly Strictly Bluegrass Festival, it's called. So Robert Plant knew that you were Lumineers. Does anybody get you confused with other bands? Because I heard that you were confused with Switchfoot. People thought you were Switchfoot. Whoa, you're uh, you're good, man. Um, yeah, that happened probably close to two or three years ago. Uh, it was Wes, myself, and this other guy, Max, at the time. We were in the uh, Chick-fil-A and... It was strange because the woman working the counter came, you know, pretty far back into the, the restaurant, quote unquote, to see if we needed a, a refill of sodas. And I was like, oh, "We got that, like, you know, table service at a fast food restaurant." So she sort of took our cuffs and she said, really excitedly, "Are you guys in a band?" And we said, "Yeah." And she said, "Switchfoot." And uh, <laughs> so she was very disappointed. Jeremiah of the Lumineers, you also played with Hanson? You played with Hanson, too? Yeah, well, we played before them and uh, in Billings, Montana, which was pretty memorable. And Nyla saw them before? Like, that was the second time she's seen Hanson? Yeah, I believe that she's seen them uh, for real, you know, years ago when they were uh, umbopping. And what was that like for her to see them again? That must have been pretty trippy. Yeah, I think so. I think that must have been pretty wild for her. I can only imagine. Has she convinced you to see the Muppet movie yet? No, she has not yet. She's big into the Muppet movie. Yeah, she is. And also BTO. She likes BTO. Canadian BTO. Is that a band, BTO? Yeah, Bachman Turner Overdrive. Ah. Did Nyla get to meet Jack White at all? No, she hasn't. Because that's an obsession of hers, right? Yeah, yeah, that is right. How about the band The No or The New? Who are they? The New. Yeah, she loves The New. Um, they're a Denver band, and I don't know much about them, but I've heard they're good via Neela, so they must be pretty good. Jeremiah of the Lumineers, winding up here on the Nardwar to Human Serviette radio show. What sort of food do you eat on the road? Like you're into the rattlesnake eggs? <laughs> no, I've never eaten a rattlesnake egg. I think my favorite food is a buff chick wrap, probably. Could you describe that, please? Sure, you take some chicken, put some buffalo sauce on it, and uh, maybe some tomatoes, lettuce, and then... Uh, Probably pretty much it, and then put that in a wrap, and then you got a buff chick wrap. 
Jeremiah of the Lumineers, Wes studied at Goldsmiths. That's home of Blur, the band Blur formed there. Or was that you that studied at Goldsmiths? No, that was Wesley, yeah. Did you live in London or was it just him living in London? I lived in London a little bit. I lived in uh, Kingston, which was a little bit outside the city. So were you over there with him when he was at Goldsmiths? No, I was actually in London and Wes was in China. Um, Wes had already graduated from school years ago. He's about four years older than me. And I, I was in London uh, just for half a year. And uh, Wes was living in China at the time with his friend. And we continued to write music and send files to each other and stuff like that. But, uh, yeah, we never went to school together there. When you were in London, did you go to any gigs? Yeah, I went to, uh, I used to go see this band Halagugu all the time. I really liked them. But they broke up. Any other gigs? And did any of the people that you met over there come and see you when you guys played there? London. Let me think. I don't know. I can't remember seeing any other gigs in London. Tell me about Sawmill Joe. Sawmill Joe, I mean, he's a he's a real deal. I remember probably two years ago, Wes and I used to go to this open mic every Tuesday at the Meadowlark here in Denver, and we saw this guy play, and his real nickname, I can't say on the radio, but it, uh, <sighs> Sawmill Joe is good enough. And he actually works in a sawmill, and just recently this year, he actually cut off one of his fingers, and the next day he actually opened up for us at the Bluebird, so... He's a he's a real deal badass guy. And you guys have covered some of his songs? Yeah, uh, Ain't Nobody's Problem is the one that we've covered. And if you want to hear the Lumineers do covers and non-covers, come on out this Monday to the Vogue Theatre in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada to go see the Lumineers. And we're speaking here to Jeremiah from the Lumineers on the Nardwarty Human Serviette Radio Show. And winding up here with Jeremiah from the Lumineers on the Nardwari Human Serviette Radio Show. How long have you guys been into hats? Because both you and Wes are into hats. How long have you been into hats? Is that a ska thing? You know, because ska guys like hats. How long have you been into hats? I don't know. I would say I bought my hat about five years ago. And I put it on and I thought it looked ridiculous and... My two friends said, that looks pretty good, looks all right, and I kept it, and uh, I don't know, I'm not really much of a hat guy, I think it's just more for performing, I like to wear that hat. How hard has it been to keep that hat since you've been traveling so much? It's amazing, I mean, it's it's probably the dirtiest thing I've ever seen, if you look at it up close, it's absolutely disgusting, and I tried to buy a new fedora a couple months ago, but I just didn't feel the same, so I've just been wearing the same one, and... It actually blew off, blew off my head one time over a bridge in Boston, and I caught it. And uh, I've almost lost it many times, but I never have, and it's been all over the world with me. And it's, uh, it's probably the dustiest, oldest relic I uh, currently own, so it's, it's nice. Can you look at it and determine where the stains came from? Like, you're looking at that, like, that was from breakfast, and that was, oh, that was from when a gig when I slipped. Are there little stains on it as well? You said it's very dirty. It's a dirty hat. Are there identifiable yeah. stains on it? Well, I'm sure if the CSI crew came in, they could probably identify some stains, maybe some meatballs or some ravioli or maybe a buff chick wrap or something of like that. But, uh, yeah, it's pretty it'd be hard to tell, though, actually. I don't know. <laughs> Jeremiah, you guys have a song called Summerine, and in it, Baldwin Bay is mentioned. And I noticed there's a Baldwin Bay in Ontario, Canada. Is that a Canadian connection to the song Summerine? 
Well, I doubt it. I would say not to burst the Canadian bubble, but I think there also is another Baldwin Bay near the East Coast in America, and I assume that's where West probably would have been referring to since uh, he wrote the lyrics, but you never know. He might have been shouting out to uh, Ontario. It is a very interesting song with, like, submarines mentioned. What's the background of that? Do you have any idea of what's going on there? Like, when Wes writes a song, does he fill you in, or do you ask him what it's about, or do you just kind of go along with it? Because this sounds very intriguing. It could be like a World War II mystery submarine song. Yeah, I think that uh, I think Wes is good at taking bits and pieces of autobiographical fragments and then, you know, turning them into a little bit of a story or a vignette. And uh, I guess apparently one of his family members or a friend of a family member, you know, one of those so it goes stories and um, claimed to have seen a Japanese sub off the coast of, you know, uh, I guess the, maybe actually was the Baldwin Bay or might, that might have been fabricated. But they basically claimed they had seen a Japanese sub in a very unlikely spot. And uh, he told all of his friends and everyone thought he was a liar. And then years, years, years later, they determined that it might act, might have actually been possible to have seen a sub, but nobody really knows. Well, thanks so much for phoning in to the Nardwarta Human Serviette radio show, Jeremiah from the Lumineers. We're going to end right now, actually, with Submarine by the Lumineers. And you can check out the Lumineers this Monday in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada at the Vogue Theatre. Anything else you want to add to the people there at all, Jeremiah from the Lumineers? Anything else I want to add? No, I don't think so. I think you're good. uh, You're adequate at uh, getting it all down there. Why should people care about the Lumineers? Why should people care? Uh, I don't know if people should care about the Lumineers. But I think that, uh, yeah, I don't think people should care about the Lumineers. <laughs> well, thanks so much for phoning in, Jeremiah. Really appreciate it. Keep on rocking in the free world and do do the loot do do Yeah! Thank you. <laughs> I believe submarines Underneath deep blue sea Saw the flags Japanese No one will believe me Ran back to the town bar And I told the people how Submarine and everyone laughed aloud. I did spy. Ships will rest in Baldwin Bay. Hey! 
and you're still listening to the Nardwar, the Human Serviette Radio Show. You just heard right there, Summerine by the Lumineers. Right now, going to play something by another band from Colorado. Going to play something by Wheelchair Sports Camp. Thank you, Kalen. Here's Wheelchair Sports Camp on the Nardwar, the Human Serviette Radio Show. Here's some logic, let me drop bones on your noggin My tools are too pro for fools when I'm rocking Jazz, I'm dropping like drawers on a sergeant Can't stop, we won't till the troops start marching So get louder than I'm able tonight And cue the bass for the funk Cause the rhythm is tight, what? Get louder than I'm able tonight And cue the bass for the funk Cause the rhythm is tight, oh Thank you. 
Vacation came to Tunbridge World, cursed ales upside. These couples never can decide. The horse who baked the bathroom smells. The plant next door makes chemicals. The fate was on her side. Cause one house they quite liked. Time to put the offer in. She used an anachronistic house price statistic. Anachronistic house price statistic. That's a mistake that anyone could have made. She used an anachronistic house price statistic. I'm a truck. I'm a truck. Say, mister, are you a truck? Yeah, yeah, I'm a truck. Can I have a ride? Sure, hop in. Oh, I'm a truck. I'm a truck. Say, mister, you ride good. Mind if I turn on the radio? Go ahead. Now the chart topper on this week's top 30 countdown. I'm a truck. I'm a truck. I want to go to England so I can be Sir Larry. Please knight me, Sir Larry. I want... Is the tape still running? I want to go to England so I can be Sir Larry. Please knight me, Sir Larry. I want to be Sir Larry. Yeah, doom. 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 Oh, I want to go to England so I can be Sir Larry. Please knight me, Sir Larry. I want to be Sir Larry. Hey, it's George. How you doing? Hey, how are you? Hey, I heard you getting back together again. Yeah, we're doing this album. Oh, yeah? Hey, listen, um, I wrote you a song. Um, Would you like to hear it? Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Um, okay. I went to a disco... In San Francisco, but everybody there looked like Ringo. A do 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 do. This shouldn't have happened. This actually happened. Sixteen clubs in shy.
Hotsy, hootsy, tootsy, chicken city, hotsy, hootsy, tootsy. I've got to meet my tootsie, wootsy. Is it any wonder why I'm gay? It's city, hotsy, hootsy, tootsy. Love has come my way. These funny little words I love to sing. I'm in love, you see. These funny little words don't mean a thing to anyone but me. Whoa! It's city, hotsy, hootsy, tootsy. Chicka, chicka, chick, bye, you, bye, It's city, hotsy, hootsy, tootsy. It's a lovely day.
and you're still listening to the Nardwar the Human Serviette Radio Show. That there was Taco Cat from Seattle, Washington with Psychic Death Cat. And before that, from Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, Ford Pierre, the Ford Pierre Vengeance Trio with This Oughta Be Good. And before that, Little Wally with Hitsy Hotsy. And before that, a special release sent to me by Colin's godson. And when I say special is, it looks like a 7-inch, but it's actually a CD. It's a CD packed in 7-inch packaging. I love it. Going against. Everybody hates CDs, but Colin's godson are putting the CD in a 7-inch package. They're bringing back the CD. And we heard actually a couple tracks. We heard right there from Colin's godson, we heard Black Adder, back and forth. You let us down. Then before that, we heard Wild Man Fisher, rest in peace, with I'm a Truck. And before that, we heard the other track I was alluding to by Colin's godson. We heard the song Kirsty Alsop's Anachronistic House Price Statistic by Colin's godson in time. It's a great release. It's packaged, like I said, in a seven-inch LP, a seven inch little seven, a seven inch, it is seven inch. It's got a great little comic with it as well. That's Collins Godson, and you can check them out at CollinsGodson.com. And before that, we began with Wheelchair Sports Camp from Colorado, hometown of the Lumineers, who you heard before that interviewed on the Nardwar the Human Serviette radio show. And right now, to end the Nardwar the Human Serviette radio show, gonna play a Cheap Trick interview record. Not me interviewing Cheap Trick, but an actual promotional record to help promote Cheap Trick and Cheap Trick needs lots of promotion. We got to keep Cheap Trick alive, or do we? Yes, we do, of course. So back to the 70s right here with a Cheap Trick promotional record on the Nardwar the Human Serviette Radio Show. Cheap Trick is a band which has always boasted a special blend of onstage craziness and rock precision, blasting out their twisted teenage anthems with a bizarre yet instantly lovable bravado. They've been consistently cutting fine albums since their epic debut in 1977. And, thanks to the phenomenal success of their 1979 at Budokan LP recorded live in Japan, they have now achieved the status of world superstars, bringing their unmistakable brand of controlled madness around the globe and welcoming hundreds of thousands of new recruits with their latest album, Dream Police. Join us now for some of that madness and music as we present... Rick Nielsen, Tom Peterson, Bunny Carlos, and Robin Zander, collectively known as the international superstars Cheap Trick.
Hello There is the ultimate intro song. It's short and sweet, and it helps make sure the PA system sounds right, right away, without using one of our more melodic tunes as a guinea pig. In that song, from their Heaven Tonight album, 
the band has incorporated the Lord's Prayer into the background. Rick explains. The Lord's Prayer was one of the few things that we knew that had a rhyme scheme. We started off by uh, having something a li little more sinister, but then we decided to put that in there, and it had no great meaning at all, except it was just, uh, you put, sometimes you put effects, or you uh, try something just out of the ordinary to enhance the record, and we thought it was really odd that people actually even looked into our records that much and, and pulled that stuff out, because when we go in and produce and work on records, we always uh, like to, like I say, try new stuff and experiment and put crazy things in, even though sometimes they have no bearing on the final product. It's that craziness, coupled with tight, intense rock and roll, that made Cheap Trick an international phenomenon. Album jackets tell us the band met in the south of France and returned to North America in 1973. According to legend, they came together in a dusty French cafe. But is that the real story? The real Cheap Trick story. Believe it or not, we've been together since 1973. The group originally started with two different members. Uh, it was originally Bunny Carlos and, and Rick Nielsen. That's me. And for about the first uh, six months of the, of the whole inception and conception of the group, uh, we had a different bass player and a different singer. But uh, Tom Peterson was only... Uh, uh, hiding out in the streets of Philadelphia waiting until we started making money because he didn't want to come and starve for six months. And uh, Mr. Robin Zander was under contract with some unscrupulous uh, agent, so we couldn't get him in the band for the first six months. And uh, But I think uh, after we got that first six months over, it's been Tom, Rick, Bunny, and Robin all the way, and here it is, 1980, and... Uh, we can say we've had a bit of success with uh, some of the albums we've made. We've made five albums, and uh, we're going to be doing a new one in the Caribbean starting February 1st. So uh, it's been good so far. Actually, we did not get together in a dusty cafe. That is true. It was a very clean cafeteria. And because of that, we are making cafeterias famous all over the world. And Bunny Carlos does have quite an extensive family, so I believe the fingers of his... Uh, family tree probably do extend into South America and into uh, Canada and all over the United States and all over in different parts of the world. So I think the story, although it's a little bit uh, not completely accurate of where we came from and what we started and what our names really are and all that stuff, it's pretty close and it's a little, although it is a bit difficult to get your complete history of a group on one page. And so if you take it Word for word, it is, yes, a little bit false, shall I say, to say the least. Actually, there's drummers in my family, Rick, all the way back to the American Civil War. Uh, you mean Bunny Lincoln? Bunny Lincoln, Bunny Roosevelt, Bunny Wilson, Bunny Roosevelt again, Bunny Truman. There's a basic element that's always used in our Cheap Trick songs, and... The element of Bunny Carlos on the drums, probably one of the best. He's played with the best, and that's. But he's made. He's probably made the careers of many musicians you've heard of. You know, Bo Diddley, Del Shannon, Freddie Cannon, the Shirelles, Chuck Berry. He's he put Chuck behind bars. He was so good. He, you know, got him excited that he was. He couldn't think about his taxes, so he, for some reason, you know, Chuck was so enthralled with the way Bunny played drums that 
he forgot to pay his taxes, and that's why he went to, he had to serve a little time. But I think probably if you'd ask Chuck about Bunny, he would probably, he could probably go on for, go on and on. So yeah, I'm sure there's no sour grapes or you know ill feelings about his prison sentence. There is a bit of melody that we use in our tunes. We try to have a little harmony, and uh, again with. A lot of our tunes, we try to have them real diverse, and I think it it helps because there's real diverse characters in the band. You know, like you got the guy like Tom Peterson who plays four, eight, and ten, and twelve string bass guitars, so they they had a different little different sound. And then the way that Robin sings, he always uh, he acclimates himself to the song. So like uh, one song could be a love song, next song could be a hate song, and he he does them with with an equal vengeance, and uh, he can interpret. Uh, like I write a lot of the songs, he interprets them better than I usually. He usually comes up with better stuff and more emotion than I've ever put into him, so it, he makes me look good. Surrender, that is that is a song about kids who have weird parents. And I don't know anybody in the world who does not have or did not have weird parents. In the, so it's a true story. You know, uh, uh, the names have been changed to protect the guilty.